you're listening to Mysteries Beyond. What mysteries lie beyond the reach of our senses? And who are you in this vast multiverse? Hello, and welcome to Mysteries Beyond. I'm your host, Laura Lavender. Magic mirror on the wall. Who is the fairest of them all? In this episode, we're going to be talking about, yep, you guessed it, mirrors. Mirrors and how they can be, well, magical. It is well known that mirrors are a portal to another dimension and also a portal to the spiritual realm. Mirrors are used as a scrying tool, which is a form of divination. And of course, they're also used as a reflection device. Mirrors go as far back as ancient Aztecs using obsidian as a form of mirrors. But I suppose the earliest form of mirrors was very still water surfaces. There are many examples in movies, actually, showing us how mirrors can be used as portals. Take, for example, Alice in Wonderland through the Looking Glass. You know the one with Johnny Depp. Well, Alice goes inside of a mirror to escape only to go into another dimension where everything seems to be weird and far from what we consider normal in this reality. What about The Phantom of the Opera? Which is one of my favorite movies, by the way. And for those of you who have seen it, know that he speaks to Christine through a mirror. And while they're singing the Angel of Music song, the lyrics say, Look at your face in the mirror. I am there inside. And when Christine accepts his invitation, she goes through the mirror to him where he guides her to his lair and shows her his world. Okay, what about the movie Constantine with Keanu Reeves and Rachel Wise? There's a scene where he's performing an exorcism and he tells the family members of the poor girl who's been possessed to go grab a large mirror and the girl is tied up to her bed and the mirror is placed above her. He tells everyone else in the room to close their eyes and warns them that whatever happens, not to look. Constantine then goes on to recite something in Latin, but one of the guys in the room ends up looking and his hair turns white. While Constantine is struggling with the possessed girl, he tells the demon to look, and the demon looks at his reflection in the mirror, and it seems like he likes it, but he ends up getting trapped in the mirror. Constantine then pulls the ropes that were used to hold the mirror so that it gets thrown out the window, and then it falls a couple stories down and it shatters, and then finally the poor girl is relieved and cured from her possession. Another example of how mirrors are portals to the spiritual realm just popped into my head. 
Have you guys ever been on that ride, the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland? It's this ride where it supposedly gives you a tour of the mansion and shows you all the different haunted locations and you get to see very like different spirits. But at the end, there's a part where they spin you around and you're faced to a mirror. And then a couple seconds later, a spirit appears in the mirror. But mirrors are also used as a scrying tool, which, as mentioned before, is a form of divination. Scrying is a form of being able to see the past, the present, and the future. And this was usually accomplished by concentrating or staring at an object, having a shiny surface, until a vision appeared, such as a crystal ball, water, or mirrors. And scrying has been practiced in many cultures. Cultures such as ancient Egypt, ancient Greeks, Celts, and Aztecs and Mayans. And what better movie example to bring up than the evil queen in Snow White? She consults her magic mirror when wanting to know who the fairest one of them all is. And the mirror reveals the answer. And it tells her that it is she. She is the fairest one of them all. <laughs> At least in my version, that's what the mirror would have said. She's my favorite villain. <laughs> of course, the mirror doesn't tell her that. We all know the story. The mirror tells her that the fairest one of them all is Snow White. What about Beauty and the Beast? The Beast uses a mirror to scry and to find out what's going on with Belle. He then later allows her to use the mirror and tells her that that mirror will show her anything she wishes to see. Of course, she wishes to see her father and realizes that he's not doing so well and the beast releases her and allows her to go with her father to help him. Also, Harry Potter. I forget which movie it's in because there are so many, but there's a scene where he finds the mirror of Erised and when he stands in front of the mirror, it shows him and his late parents together. Dumbledore later finds him sitting in front of the mirror and tells him that this mirror offers nor knowledge nor truth and that men have wasted away and have even gone mad in front of it. The mirror of Erised was used to show a person's most desperate desire of their heart. Some would say that your computers, your television, and your phones are a form of black mirrors that we all use every day to scry. Mirrors are also used as reflective devices. And I'm not talking about the obvious way in which we use mirrors to see ourselves in, but more as in mirrors holding energy and also reflecting energy. Because mirrors are known to hold energy, they are used to magnify our intention. And so we can use mirrors to repeat positive affirmations to ourselves. And in return, it will reflect back that positive energy and self-love. Because mirrors have such an impact in our lives, I myself am not too fond of purchasing mirrors from others or antique shops or any of those places 
because you're never sure of what energy that mirror holds. But if you are someone who does appreciate antiques and or does like buying mirrors off of other people, then I would just suggest cleansing it and locking it. Even if you do purchase it off online or from a store, I would still suggest doing that just in case. You can never be too sure. There are many ways that people cleanse their mirrors and lock their mirrors. To cleanse it, sometimes people use incense or sage. They might use Florida water. And to lock their mirrors, they might draw pentagrams on each corner of the mirror or create their own protection sigils or both. Of course, while on the topic of mirrors, we have to talk about superstitions. Now, many of us know the superstition of what happens when you break a mirror. You get seven years of bad luck. And that was because the ancient Romans believed that life regenerated every seven years. And if the person looking into the mirror were not of good health, their image would break the mirror and the run of bad luck would continue for a total of seven years. Afterwards, they would be renewed and their body would be physically rejuvenated and the curse would end. Also, mirrors were very expensive back then and breaking a mirror was said to bring seven years of bad luck. But there are remedies in case you break a mirror. It is said that you're supposed to place all the pieces of the mirror into running water or you can pound the pieces into like super tiny pieces so that none of them can reflect anything ever again. Other remedies say to light seven white candles on the first night of after breaking the mirror and then blowing them out at midnight in one breath. And another one is to touch a tombstone with a broken piece of the mirror to avoid the bad luck. Another superstition is to cover your mirrors when someone in the family dies. This comes from the Jewish tradition where they cover their mirrors when someone dies because it's a reminder that it's not about ourselves, but rather a time to concentrate on the deceased. But this has evolved to other theories saying that the spirit of the deceased can get trapped in the mirror if they see the reflection of themselves. A more logical reason that the Kabbalists give for covering mirrors in a house of mourning is because when a soul leaves this world, it leaves behind an emptiness that is prone to be filled by dark forces. Because the house of mourning is a place where loss is felt the most and it's a magnet for evil spirits. And because we can't really see these dark energies with the naked eye, when we look into a mirror, we might actually catch a glimpse of the reflection in the background. And so that's why mirrors are covered whenever a loved one has passed. But this can be interpreted on a psychological level where evil spirits can be thought of as inner demons because the true ghosts that visits a mourner are usually regret, guilt, and anger. And when they look into the mirror, they feel as if maybe they didn't do enough for them or they didn't get to say all that they wanted to say and maybe there was some unfinished business. Another superstition is never face two mirrors together 
because when you have two mirrors across from each other, you are actually streaming energy back and forth between them and that causes a portal to open. It is also said not to keep mirrors in your bedroom. And if you do have a mirror in your bedroom, such as myself, never place it facing your bed because it is said that a mirror facing your bed depletes you of your personal energy and it can cause sleeplessness and because the mirror doubles and bounces back all sorts of energy, it also disrupts your tranquility when you're trying to sleep. If you're going to be placing mirrors throughout your house, the best places to put them are above windows to reflect the negative energy and also place them facing them against your entrance so that it may reflect all negative energy back outside. Aside from superstitions, there are also legends and mythology associated with mirrors, such as the Greek mythology of Perseus and Medusa. Medusa was a gorgon with snakes for hair who had the power to turn anyone who looked at her into stone. But Perseus guided himself by her reflection in a shield that was given to him by Athena. And that's how he was able to behead Medusa and defeat her. Another popular legend is the one of Bloody Mary. Many kids bring her up as a form of challenging their friends. And what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to go into a dark room where there's a mirror. Most often a bathroom, turn off all the lights, holding a candle and facing the mirror. And you're supposed to say Bloody Mary three times. And after the third time, it is said that she'll appear in the mirror. It is said that she can appear as a ghost, a witch, or a corpse. And that she can be either friendly or evil. I remember growing up, kids at school definitely brought her up. And I'm not one to back down from a challenge, but... This one was one I was okay with not taking. <laughs> Maybe my subconscious was already aware that mirrors are portals to the spirit realm. Interesting, right? Because if I ask you guys to imagine yourselves going into a dark room with all the lights completely turned off and holding a candle, a lit candle, and just staring at yourself, at your own reflection in the mirror. Most of us would get kind of creeped out by that thought alone. Why is that? I think it's because we know deep down and can intuitively feel that mirrors really are portals. In parts of Ukraine, Germany, Austria, Poland, Russia, and Romania, they actually have a tradition called St. Andrew's Day where young single women take a lit candle and a mirror and they're supposed to look at the reflection in the mirror and say, who is my future husband? Three times and after the third time, an image of their future husband would appear. So in summary, mirrors are used as portals, scrying tools, and reflective devices. And most of the examples I provided today are from movies, yes, but movies are a way of storytelling, 
and storytelling is an ancient form of passing down information to warn us and to guide us in our lives. And so with that being said, I thank you guys so much for listening. I hope that you guys really enjoyed this episode. And if so, go ahead and subscribe so that you may be notified of all other future episodes. Also, don't forget to check out our website at www.mysteriesbeyond.com and or follow us on social media on Facebook at Mysteries Beyond or Instagram at lauralavender.mb. Lastly, if you have any questions or any feedback or if you just simply want to share anything with me, send me an email at lauralavender.mb at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening to Mysteries Beyond. I'm your host, Laura Lavender, and I'll see you guys next episode.